I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no, um, go ahead. Really, that's the first step. And it's a really inexpensive step for anybody who resonates with this idea. Ryan has been kind enough to give away 50 free... Ryan, actually, I can't do this well. I'll edit all this out. I don't want to steal your thunder. It's your thunder, Ryan. Go for it. So the book uh, came out of nowhere to become the number one best-selling book in the country across all categories. LA Times, bestseller on USA Today, Publishers Weekly, the number one best-selling book on all of Amazon across all categories, including fiction. The number one best-selling book on barnesandnoble.com. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it in bookstores nationwide and even internationally as well, airport bookstores, etc. Instead of that, we thought it would be cool. I've got a few copies that I have here in my office. So here's what we decided to do. Ash and I thought it would be really cool. Ash and I decided to put aside 50 copies of the book, 50 physical copies of the book. I literally have them here in my office with a post-it note on them with Ash's name. And we're going to give these away for free. First come, first serve. All I ask is that you cover the small shipping and handling charge. And by the way, I'll I'll ship it to you. I don't care where you are in the world. If you're climbing Kilimanjaro right now, (laughs) I'll ship it to you in Africa. If you are in my backyard here in Austin, Texas, well, if you're in my neighborhood, I'll just drop it off at your house and, and deliver it to you myself. But I don't care where you are in the world, I'll ship you a physical copy. But we literally only have 50 copies. So once they're gone, they're gone. Here's how to take advantage. And this is important. So pay close attention to what I'm about to say. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. You're listening to my friend, Ash Roy. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. When you decide to take your business to the next level through good quality business coaching and actionable online strategies, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a very special guest I'd like to introduce, and that's Ryan Levesque, the author of the new book, Ask. Ryan's used the power of questions to help build a multi-million dollar business or multi-million dollar businesses in 17 different industries, generating over $100 million in sales in the process. Today, he and his team are offering consulting and implementation services for entrepreneurs and businesses at all levels. Ryan is the founder of SurveyFunnelSoftware.com and the Ask Formula, which is an incredible resource for businesses to help develop deep engagement with their customers. Ryan also has a background in business and has been educated in an Ivy League institution. So he comes very well qualified. Welcome, Ryan. Ash, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, It's fantastic to have you. So Ryan, let's just kick straight into it. Let's start talking a little bit about the Ask methodology and why it's so important to businesses. Can you tell us a little bit about the Ask methodology? Absolutely. The answer to your first question, why is the Ask methodology so important? Well, I'll start by explaining how it overcomes what I consider to be the single biggest mistake that business owners tend to make. And this is a mistake that both new business owners make, people who are aspiring to build their first company or their first little business, and as well as people who have been in business for a very long time. And I've been subject to making the same mistake as well. So I don't want to paint this picture like I'm a saint and I haven't been subject (laughs) to making the same mistake. 
And the mistake is starting with a product idea in mind first rather than starting by focusing on solving a very specific problem. Uh And at the end of the day, that's really what business is all about is solving a specific problem that people are willing to pay money to solve. Now, that second piece, figuring out what is it that's something that people will pay money to solve, that's the tricky thing. And that is where the ask formula first comes in. Because when you ask the right questions to the right people at the right time, and you ask them in the right way, which is a little bit counterintuitive, Mm -hmm. you can identify what is it What is it that people will spend money to solve? And therefore, what is it that is something you should consider creating as a product or service in your business? Okay, that's beautifully put. So rather than starting with a product idea, we're starting with understanding exactly what the problem is and asking the questions in the right way at the right time. Now, there's a very interesting opposing perspective, which people like Steve Jobs had. He often, he was famous for saying, customers don't know what they want until they see it. And while I think that both views are very valid, I'm very interested in hearing your views on that perspective to marketing. Yeah, it's a, you bring up a great point. And in fact, that's a quote that I included in the book, as you know. Yes. And the reason why I included it is because there's this important nuance And whenever I bring up the idea of asking questions to figure out what people want, inevitably people ask, well, is it as simple as just asking what people want and giving it to them? Yeah. And the answer to that question is no. And you bring up a great quote. There's another quote that's attributed to Henry Ford. Mm -hmm. And it goes something like, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have told me faster horses. Yes. Because the automobile didn't yet exist. So how do you reconcile this idea around asking questions being the key, but at the same time, people not knowing what they want. Well, this comes down to asking the right type of questions. Mm -hmm. And so there are two types of information that people are really good at answering when it comes to figuring out what someone wants. It's not what they want. People are not good at describing what it is that they want because that Steve Jobs quote, that Henry Ford quote, the reason why they ring true is because there's truth in them. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is you need to ask the right question. And a question that people are really good at answering, there are two types. The first one is around past behavior. People are really good at answering what they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. So if I said, Ash, what do you feel like having for dinner tonight? You might have to think about that. Mm -hmm. But if I said, Ash, what did you guys have for dinner last night? You just think back and you say, oh, yeah, we had whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And so we're really good at answering that type of question past behavior. Now, past behavior will leave clues around what someone is likely to do in the future. Second type of information that you can ask people is what is your single biggest struggle or challenge? What is it that you don't like Uh about something? Now, when you ask them what they don't like about something specific, they will be able to give you an accurate answer around that. So going back to asking the right questions, instead of asking, well, what it is it that you want, instead, that's our job as entrepreneurs, to figure out what it is that we need to give people, Uh right? But what we can ask is, okay, when it comes to X, Y, Z, when it comes to building your business, when it comes to starting a podcast, when it comes to growing your audience, when it comes to making your first $1,000 online, whatever challenge 
we're intending on solving, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to that uh, original concept, you can ask right now, what's the single biggest struggle you're having? What's the biggest frustration, challenge, the hurdle you're having a hard time overcoming right here, right now? Now, when you ask that question, that's easy for us to answer because we think, oh, you know what? I ran into this problem the other day where blank. So it's a lot more quantifiable. It brings the person into the present moment. It brings, it narrows their focus into the here and now, which is something more concrete for them. And they can respond to that more specifically and accurately to give you the information you need as an entrepreneur. Is that correct? Exactly. It's our minds are much better equipped to fixate on problems or challenges that we've run into rather than inventing solutions. So if I say, what would be the perfect day for you in your life, your mind has to invent that Mm -hmm. because you haven't experienced it yet. Mm -hmm. Right. But if I say, think back to your day yesterday, if there is one thing that you did yesterday that you would never want to do ever again, one chore, one household duty, one thing in your business, whatever comes to mind, Mm -hmm. there's one thing that you could eliminate and never have to go through that again. What comes to mind, right? That gives me a much better indication of what is it that is a burning problem in your life right now that you might be willing to spend money to solve, Mm -hmm. right? You know what? If I didn't have to change another light bulb in my house, I would be a happy man. Uh Well, gosh, you know, what's interesting about that is what if I told you there's a service where someone will come to your house every single month, they'll do a test on all the light bulbs in your home to see which ones need to be replaced. They'll replace them. And if it turns out that one goes out, they'll come into your house within six hours of you calling. And it's a service that runs $50 a month and you never have to worry about paying, changing another light bulb for the rest of your life. Is this something you might be interested in? Absolutely. If you answer that question, yes, you know, the big thing I never want to have to deal with for the rest of my life ever again is changing another light bulb. That would be a great fit, mm-hmm. right? But if I start with that product or that concept, or that idea in mind first, I have no idea whether it's a winner or not. I'm starting by asking this question, what problem are you running into? And that gives me clues on what products or service I might consider on creating. And if it turns out that you say, you know, if I ask you, what's the single biggest challenge you're having in terms of starting your podcast or growing your podcast Mm -hmm. or growing your business or whatever, pick any topic and you say, you know, I'm actually doing okay. Mm. I don't really have any problems. Mm. Well, that's a data point in and of itself. Mm. That tells me that I need to pivot to another market, right? Right, Because it means that it's not a big enough problem that it even, you know, remotely resembles something that you would spend money to solve. Mm. You know, I remember when I did my MBA, we studied about different kinds of motivation and there was the away from motivation and there was the moving towards motivation and the Mm. away from was what they called hygiene factors. And Mm. I think what you're describing is you need to address the hygiene factors. What is your biggest pain point? What do you not want in your life right now as a way to uncover a problem for you to be able to solve? Right. Exactly. Like, you know, what is one of the problems that the iPhone solved? Well, it put 15 different devices that you had to lug around in a backpack or a briefcase into the palm of your hand for the first time. Right. 
And it wasn't really the iPhone. It was really the first smartphone. But we can, you know, we get the idea. The iPhone was really an improvement on previous smartphones. I personally think the iPhone was fantastic because it was also a distribution channel for apps. So a lot of mm. people saw it as a product, but I actually see it as a distribution channel too. Oh, absolutely. And so there's a, that's the back-end revenue model behind that. But it solved that the thing that was so compelling about the iPhone is imagine a world where you could carry around this, 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 and all of this. And it's like big pile of stuff yep. all right here. Absolutely. You're right. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, that is a problem, right? And then you think back to, you know, when was the last time I did, took a trip and my carry-on was full of, you know, a, a camera, camera yeah. video camera, you know, my graphing calculator, you know, my iPods that I listen to my music on, um, you know, my cell phone that I, you know, use as an actual phone, all the different things, my Palm Pilot for keeping my appointment, like all these different devices and all of a sudden it's all in one. It's a problem that people wanted to solve. And so it becomes a very compelling solution. Mm-hmm. Now, if that wasn't a problem that people cared about solving, that would not be integrated into Apple's marketing. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, it was. Now we take it for granted, right? Now this yeah. is like old hat. But when the iPhone first came out in whatever it was, 2007 mm-hmm. or whenever the first iPhone came out, that was huge. Yes. It was like, I remember when it came out, it was like, oh my gosh, like yeah. this is massive. Yes. Okay. So this is very exciting. So let's move into the ask methodology and let's talk a little bit more sure. about how it works. So we start off sure. by asking an open-ended question for from the customer that is very easy to answer. That's a yes or no response. I've read the book, by the way, and it's fantastic. So I strongly recommend everyone who's listening to read the book. And there's a fantastic surprise waiting for you towards the end of this podcast. So keep listening. So Ryan, could you please walk us through the ask methodology? Sure. So in a nutshell, the ask methodology is broken down into uh, six specific steps. So we talked about this open-ended question that you want to ask. Mm-hmm. And that is the first part of the first step in the process, which I describe as prepare. Now, the prepare step is all about asking, doing what I call a deep dive survey. It's something I we talk about in detail in the book, doing a deep dive survey to understand your market at a very deep level. Mm-hmm. It consists of asking one or more open-ended questions, specifically open-ended. This is a survey that you conduct generally once mm-hmm. to gather initial market data before you decide what direction you're going to move forward in. So that's the prepare step. Once you've done this deep dive survey, what you're doing is a couple things. Number one, you're identifying who are the likely customers for the solution I'm intending on creating or selling. And so you want to identify things like who are the customers or prospective customers that leave the longest responses. Because length of response or depth of response is a great indicator of buying propensity. So how likely it is that someone's going to buy. All things being equal, if someone leaves you a five-paragraph response to the question of, what's the single biggest challenge you're having growing your podcast, versus someone who says, time, yes, one-word answer, yeah. who's more likely to be a customer? Definitely the former. Absolutely. Yeah. So you want to identify what are the trends among those people specifically. The second thing that you want to do when you go through this prepare step or this deep dive survey is you want to identify the three to five biggest buckets of responses. So what are the trends that you see when you do this? In likelihood, it's unlikely that you're going to have one homogenous 
group of respondents. It's unlikely that everybody's going to say the same thing. More likely is that you're going to see different buckets emerge. Oh, there's this category of people who say this. Uh-huh. There's a category of people who say that. So for podcasting, and I'm just making this up, yep. maybe there's one group of people who have technical questions. Uh-huh. Their questions, like you and I were talking, Ash, before we hopped on the interview live, we're talking about microphones, yes. right? I'm talking about how I have a very basic microphone, uh-huh. you have a nice fancy one, and we're talking about the different tools that we've used along the way. And so that might be one category of questions. Uh-huh. Another question might be about building your audience, right? So that might be another bucket that emerges. And you want to pay attention to what these trends are and you want to quantify them. How many people among these long responses are in each of these buckets? Mm -hmm. That sets you up for the next step. Mm -hmm. The next step is to, in your lead acquisition process, put in place the second survey I talk about, which is something called the micro-commitment bucket survey. Mm -hmm. Now, Everything we've talked about is the prepare step that leads up to the what will be the permanent part of your lead acquisition strategy. And by the way, I know we talked about the 17 markets that we've done this in. Mm-hmm. The number is actually, believe it or not, it's grown to 23 markets. Wow. And as crazy as this number is going to sound, the process I'm about to walk through right now is something that we currently generate 52,000 email subscribers every single day. Wow. That's daily across these 23 different markets. 52,000. 52,000 per day. It's crazy. Now, these markets range from satellite TV buyers to golf instruction subscribers to tennis instruction subscribers to people who want to have more energy to people who want to lose weight to people who want to have a flatter stomach. The list goes on and on. People who want to train their dog. So this is across all these different markets. Collectively, we do 52,000 email subscribers every single day. So the reason why I bring that up is if you're wondering, does this work? Yes, the answer is it works. So after you've done this initial deep dive survey, the next step is what I call, if you've done this prepare Mm -hmm. step, the next step is what I call persuade. Now, persuade is where you want to persuade people to answer the permanent micro-commitment bucket survey, which is a survey that becomes an integral part of your permanent lead acquisition strategy. So instead of acquiring an email subscriber by asking, you know, hey, enter your name and email for this free report, hmm. instead what you're doing is you're taking what the approach I'm about to say. It's, hi, my name is Ash, and I've been helping people grow their podcast all day, every day. And what I've found is that there are about three different categories of people, three different challenges that people run into when they're trying to do this. Mm -hmm. And rather than try to give you a one-size-fits-all answer, which may or may not be helpful, if you take a moment to answer just a few simple questions about your background, what you're struggling with right now, I'll be able to customize the information so it's appropriate and a good fit for you. My first question is this, and that's where you want to include that permanent micro-commitment bucket survey. Now, why does it get that name? Micro-commitment gets its name because what we're doing is we're asking people to answer a series of multiple choice questions now mm-hmm. instead of the open-ended, multiple choice questions that lead people down one of several paths. Mm-hmm. So maybe our first question in this case might be, which of the following best describes you? Do you have an existing podcast or are you looking to start one from scratch? I'm looking to start one from scratch. Great. Next question. And then we might ask three or four of these questions 
before we get to that ultimate question that we want to ask, which is, okay, I've noticed that people who are looking to start their podcast who are in XYZ situation fall into one of three categories. Mm -hmm. They're either struggling with technology, they're struggling with their growing their audience, Mm -hmm. or they're struggling with their topic, how to nail down their niche. Maybe it's those three things. Mm -hmm. Tell me which of the following best describes your challenge and I'll start sending you customized information for you. Mm-hmm. So you're putting people into quote unquote different buckets based on that question. Okay. So that gets us to the third step in the process. We've done prepare mm-hmm. the research phase, persuade mm-hmm. given the, the persuasive angle on why someone should fill out this permanent survey. Mm-hmm. And then the third step is segment where you're segmenting people into these different buckets. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to speak to them differently. We're going to send them different email follow-ups We might even send them different product offers depending Mm -hmm. on what their challenge is. Mm -hmm. But the key is we're customizing our communication to them based on what bucket they're in. So that's, I'll pause there. That's the third of our uh, six steps involved in the Ask Formula. Okay. So I really like the fact that you talk about segmenting the market and getting an understanding of the different buckets that your audience falls into. It shows the audience that you've done a little bit of homework. And I also like in the book how you've actually explained that you use a very simple but effective formula where you calculate the number of responses in the characters. It's a very practical way of identifying the level of engagement. Yeah, you bring up a great question. We go to the deep dive survey for a moment, the prepare step in the ask formula. The question you're asking is related to how do we separate? We talked about, you know, someone who leaves a five paragraph answer is likely to be a buyer versus someone who leaves a one word answer. Where do we draw the line? Like who's worth focusing on, who's worth paying attention to, and who should we ignore? Well, this gets to a one of the, you know, common mistakes that people make in this process. And I love bringing this up because a lot of people, when we talk about this process, they say, I've used surveys, but I haven't gotten the kind of results that you're talking about. Well, one of the reasons is people tend to make a common set of mistakes. And one of the mistakes is this myth of the FAQ. And the myth of the FAQ is that people think that if a question is frequently asked, then that means it's something to focus on. Mm-hmm. But what I talk about in the book is that depth of response is more important than frequency of response. Right point. And so the question is, how do you measure depth of response? So what you're talking about is very practically, after you run this deep dive survey, you can export all the data into an Excel spreadsheet. Excel has a very simple formula. It's called length, mm-hmm. L-E-N. And you run the length formula on any open-ended response, and it'll spit out the number of characters of that response. Mm -hmm. So you want to focus on, generally speaking, depending on how much volume you've got to work, how many survey responses you've got to work with, the top 20% of your survey responses. So if you get 1,000 survey responses, you want to focus on the top 200. If you get 100 survey responses, you want to focus on the top 20. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're working with smaller numbers, sometimes you need to expand that. If you only get 20 survey responses, Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to focus on the top four responses, right? You're going to probably want to focus on maybe the top eight, expand to 40%. So that's the first step is you get the character length. 
Now, there are other factors that you can add that you can apply as force multipliers to the formula. So this is going to, what we're talking about now is going to really appeal to the kind of quantitative engineering mind. The analytical yeah. Type. yeah. And uh, this is a formula that I developed and expanded upon from whom, someone I considered one of my single biggest mentors in business who wrote the foreword of the book, Ask. And his name is Dr. Glenn Livingston. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Glenn is a PhD psychologist. I trained under him. He was really one of the first people that I worked under transitioning from a corporate background to running my own seven-figure business. And this is a formula that I need to give credit to Dr. Glenn for developing and for being the foundation for what I teach in the book. Mm-hmm. And so this piece that you're talking about, this force multiplier, is there certain things that you can add to character length to increase the score of that particular response. So for example, all things being equal, if someone leaves their phone number, if you ask for a phone number and someone leaves their phone number alongside the survey responses, well, phone number is, there's value in that. Mm -hmm. If someone leaves a 200 character response and does not leave their phone number and someone else leaves a 150 character response but leaves their phone number, which of those is more valuable? Definitely the latter. Well, yeah. Well, phone number, reason why it's a great indicator of responsiveness is think about it. If you leave your phone number when someone asks you to follow up, will you be open to following up with me following up with you on the condition that I promise not to sell anything? If so, please leave your phone number below. If someone leaves their phone number when you ask that question in the context of a survey, they really want yes. the solution that you are offering. Or- and they really trust you. They have that feeling of comfort with you, which is another very big point. Yeah, exactly. Because most people say, no, thanks. I don't want to talk to you. Like, yeah, I'll fill out a survey, but... I don't know who I'm you are. I'm not going to give you my number. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or like, but if it's like, you know, what's the single biggest challenge that you have with, you know, removing that planter's wart from the bottom of your foot? Mm-hmm. If someone's like, oh, I've tried everything. I've tried every medication. I just can't get rid of it. And then they leave their phone number and they say, oh, please, I would happy to call you because happy for you to call me, you know, because I've been trying to get rid of this. Well, is that a likely customer? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Versus someone who's like, I don't want to talk to you on the phone. So how do you value that? Well, one thing that you can do is apply a force multiplier. So instead of just looking at character length, 200, 150, if they've left their phone number, you can multiply that number by, say, a factor of 1.5. Yes. Right? Why 1.5? Admittedly, it's a little bit arbitrary. But what's important is that you're applying a consistent multiplier across all your responses. Mm -hmm. So anybody who leaves a phone number, multiply by 1.5. Anyone who does not leave a phone number, we multiply it by 1. Mm -hmm. So now in this case, the person who left a 150 character response, Mm -hmm. their response is now worth 225 characters, Mm -hmm. right? Their score is 225. 150 times 1.5 is 225, if my math is correct. Mm -hmm. Versus the person who did not leave their phone number, their score stays at 200. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that second response is actually higher as you rank your responses overall. Such a simple but brilliant and effective solution. Thank you, Ryan. That is so brilliant and powerful. I just absolutely love that. Maybe I'm a bit more analytically... It appeals to the number (laughs) geek inside of all of us. So my background is analytics. I'm a CPA and in the corporate world, that's what I did. I love this stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so we talked about the first three points. So let's talk about the next yep. next three stages of the ask formula. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll go through these a little bit more quickly so we have time to cover everything. So after we've segmented people into different buckets, this is where we go through the step. Step four is prescribe. Now, prescribe, the paradigm that's most useful to understand this is when you use the ask formula, the way that we're selling, the way that we're communicating with our audience is very similar to when you walk into a doctor's office and they're using the diagnose and prescribe paradigm. So we've run people through this micro-commitment bucket survey, which is designed to diagnose their problem. Then, after we've segmented them into one of these buckets, so step three, segment, we put people into one of these buckets, they then have an opportunity to enter their name and email to get their custom prescription. Uh And then, after they enter their name and email, we take them to another page, the thank you page, and we say, thank you so much for taking the time to tell me a little bit about your situation. The challenge that you're in right now is what we call technical shiny object syndrome. What is that? Technical shiny object syndrome. Let me ask you if you can relate. You've probably looked online. You've gone to amazon.com. You spent time on these sites and there's so many different options for microphones, for headphones, for software that you're using, for post-production software. Do you put graphics or not? What software do you use for this? Do you use Adobe? Do you use Apple? What software do you use? So many different choices. It becomes overwhelming. And so the challenge that holds people back when you're in your situation is that this technical shiny object syndrome, technical overwhelm, holds you back from making any progress at all. So what you need is a simple path on where to start depending on what your budget is. So if your budget right now is under $100, you need one path. If your budget's under, you know, between $100 and $500, it's another and $500 to $1,000. That's why I walked through what I call the technical roadmap. How to get the technical piece. So you could, you could see how we could sell this product right here. And anybody who wants to start a podcast, I mean, this just makes complete sense. They've already raised their hands that you've asked them questions to diagnose that their ailment, their challenge, their medical problem, as it were, is technical overwhelm. And now you're just prescribing the solution, which is your product. Uh-huh. So that's step four. Now, step five is what I call profit. Now, the question is, well, how is that different from step four? You're selling something. You're prescribing something. Well, here's the distinction. In business, especially online, the first thing that you sell a customer isn't going to be the thing that generates your profit. In most cases, it's either going to be a lost leader or the thing that allows you to break even, that allows you to acquire a customer for free. In other words, if you spend $100 on advertising, like on Facebook, you might sell that front-end product at $100, and you've acquired that customer for free. You've made no profit on that customer. It's a simplification. So the question is, how do you make money? Well, it's based on the next thing that you sell. And the next thing that you sell, the first next thing that you can sell, is by putting people through what we call a one-click upsell process. So in this case, it might be as simple as 
Thank you so much for investing in the, the podcaster's technical blueprint. We're just literally making this up on the fly. So don't get too hung up on the, the wordsmithing and the concepts, but just to illustrate the, the idea. Thank you so much for investing in the technical podcast uh, blueprint. I think you're going to find everything that you need to set up all the technical pieces of the puzzle. But I feel like most people, once you've solved these technical challenges, the next question is going to be, okay, I've got this perfect setup. I've got everything I need to technically make this happen. How do I get people to show up and listen to my show? You see, the next challenge that people run into often is building the audience. And what I want to do today is give you an opportunity to check out my audience building course risk-free as a way of saying thanks for investing in the technical podcaster blueprint, right? And that's where you sell the next thing that you intend on selling this new customer. And that's where your profit comes from. You've broken even on the technical podcaster blueprint, but this next product that you might sell for $100, that's where your profit comes from. And in the book, I talk about three specific formulas that you can use that are very effective at both making money and also not alienating your customer. Because the risk here is there's two risks. One, you can either be too soft and you're not aggressive enough to sell something, in which case you won't be in business because you'll lose money and you just won't be able to survive. Yep. The other risk is being too aggressive that turns your customers off. So there's this very kind of fine tightrope that you need to walk, and you need to be careful about not making certain mistakes. And I talk about this in the book using three specific formulas that I advocate on how to profit. Yep. And then after that, the last step is step six is what I call pivot. Now, what's pivot? Pivot is effectively, so you've gotten someone into your world. And at this point, there will be three groups of people. There will be people who opted in, so they provide their name and email, to find out what your prescription is for their ailment. But they don't buy anything. Second group of people are people who opt in, get their prescription, buy their prescription, but they decide not to take you up on that next offer, the profit offer. And then you've got the third group of people who will opt in, they'll buy that first product, and they'll buy the second product. Right. Now, the question is, what do you do? Well, you need to pivot, and the pivot is going to depend on what group someone falls into. So, for example, if they opt in but don't take you up on that initial purchase, yep. well, the pivot there might be asking people, why didn't you buy? Mm-hmm. And so I talk about this to kind of become famous, a survey structure in the book, the do you hate which me? is the do you hate me survey, right? <laughs> which is where you kind of tongue in cheek ask people, what's the reason why you decided not to buy? Was it something I said? Something I didn't say? Yeah. Do you hate me? Yeah. Like, tell me what's up. Yeah. And you do it with a smiling face. The key is your pivot, you're pivoting until you figure out the next direction. Because it's rare that you're going to get it perfect out of the gate. You need to get feedback to figure out what is it that I should do next? Is reducing the price going to get someone to buy? Reducing the buying threshold? So I know it's 97 bucks. I know you might not want to risk that, but I want to give you an opportunity to try it out for a dollar. Try it out for a dollar for seven days. And if you like it, keep it. You'll be billed the remainder. And if not, all you've risked is a dollar. Yep. That might be one option. Another option might be pivoting in a different direction. Hey, I know you said that the technical challenge was your number one challenge, but clearly it's not a big enough challenge, at least because you haven't decided not to invest in the product. So let's move in another direction. Like, wh- What would you like me to talk about next? 
And there you're kind of taking a second swing of the bat, to use a baseball analogy, right? <laughs> taking a, there's a second attempt you're taking to try to convert them into a customer. And you're kind of acknowledging that first thing that I tried to sell you, not a fit, but I'd love to explore other options that we might have. So that's the six-step process in a nutshell. And you've got the prepare, persuade, segment, prescribe, profit, pivot. Great. And that's what the ask formula is all about. And the book goes into the step-by-step implementation on how you actually execute each of these steps. We go through examples, case studies, so you can see what this looks like in real businesses. And then the book also talks about the story, which I think is, we didn't really talk about today, which is cool, about how did I develop this formula? Like, you know, how did this happen? And I think there's an interesting story behind that. And also why I decided to reveal and even sharing it right here in this interview, what I consider to be my secret family recipe and really just, you know, expose it to the world. And that's the process in a nutshell. Fantastic. That's a lot of information. So thank you so much. That's fantastic amounts of content. Now let's go into common challenges that you've seen people experience when they implement Ask and Mm -hmm. how they've overcome these challenges and what actions they can take to get started right away. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the first challenges that people face is it's, it's a lot right? So, you know, there's always a catch. So what's the catch? So this has worked in 23 different markets, over a hundred million dollars in online sales. It basically works in market after market after market. Every time that I've implemented the formula, every time my team has implemented the formula, it's been successful and we've got the results to prove that. So what's the catch? Well, the catch is it takes work, Hmm. right? And the good news is anybody who's willing to put in the work, yep can use the formula to do this. So one of the mistakes that people make is they might underestimate the effort that's required to do this, Mm -hmm. right? So it's sort of like, for me, the way I look at it is if I know I'm going to climb a mountain and I know what the summit looks like Mm -hmm. and I know the thrill and the life I'm going to be able to live when I get to that summit and I know that if there's someone else who has blazed a trail that gets me to the summit, and all I need to do is walk in those footsteps, mm-hmm. but it's going to be work. Mm-hmm. Am I prepared to do that? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then you will have success. Awesome. But if the answer is, I'm not sure, then that's a place where people stumble. Okay. Right. If they expect quick riches, if they expect results in a week, they expect results even in 30 days. You're not going to build a multi-million dollar business in 30 days. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions of the online world. People think online equals instant profit. And unfortunately, there's so many scammers out there that perpetuate this myth. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to build something lasting, and as, as you wrote in your book, something that is truly driven by passion, you have a mission of changing the way online sales happen. It takes work and implementing the ask methodology, which is something worthwhile in my opinion, takes a lot of work. Anything worthwhile takes work. So great point. You're absolutely right. And so I'd say like without getting tactical, without getting super tactical on where do people, you know, what tactical little item do they, you know, get stuck on that I'd say is strategically the biggest thing is having the right mindset, being prepared and saying, okay, I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro. I know it's going to be work, but I know if I follow this path, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get there. And if I have faith in the process and I have faith in myself to follow that process, 
I know I'm going to reach the summit. Right. And if you have that attitude going in, you'll be successful. Cool. Okay, so what actions can someone take to get started today with the Ask Formula? I personally have signed up for surveyfunnelsoftware.com. Um, mm-hmm. That's one action I guess they can take. What else can they do to start with a formula? Read the book. That's something I recommend as well, of course. I mean, that's the easiest one. I think the most, you know, hearing this is a lot of people, when they hear this methodology, it, it's, it intuitively makes sense. And that's why it's so powerful. It's one of the rare things that not only benefits you as a business owner, but it benefits your customers as well. So it's one of these things that you can passionately and with energy and enthusiasm pursue to the fullest because you can go to bed at night feeling good about what you're doing. What you're doing is not a sleazy marketing tactic. It's good for your customers. It's You're putting them first. And it also happens to do really well for you and your business. So the first step is to, and you hearing this is one thing. The first step, in my opinion, is to check out a copy of the book. Yep. And I know we've got a cool way, a cool thing that we're going to yes. do here in a moment. I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no, um, go ahead. Really, that's the first step. And it's a really inexpensive step for anybody who resonates with this idea. Ryan has been kind enough to give away 50 free... Ryan, actually, I can't do this well. I'll edit all this out. I don't want to steal your thunder. It's your thunder, Ryan. Go for it. Sure. So, so here's what we decided to do. Ash and I thought it would be really cool. You can get the book anywhere. So the book came out of nowhere to become the number one best-selling book in the country across all categories. LA Times, bestseller on USA Today, Publishers Weekly, the number one best-selling book on all of Amazon across all categories, including fiction. The number one best-selling book on barnesandnoble.com. So you can get this book anywhere. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it in bookstores nationwide and even internationally as well, airport bookstores, etc. Instead of that, we thought it would be cool. I've got a few copies that I have here in my office. Ash and I decided to put aside 50 copies of the book, 50 physical copies of the book. I literally have them here in my office with a post-it note on them with Ash's name. And we're going to give these away for free. First come, first serve. All I ask is that you cover the small shipping and handling charge. And by the way, I'll, I'll ship it to you. I don't care where you are in the world. If you're climbing Kilimanjaro right now, <laughs> I'll ship it to you in Africa. If you are in my backyard here in Austin, Texas, well, if you're in my neighborhood, I'll just drop it off at your house and, and deliver it to you myself. But I don't care where you are in the world. I'll ship you a physical copy. But we literally only have 50 copies. So once they're gone, they're gone here's how to take advantage. And this is important. So pay close attention to what I'm about to say. You want to go to the website, askformula.com. Askformula.com. When you get there, you'll see the option to get the physical copy of the book. Check out whatever the price is. Don't worry about it. Click on the button to get your copy. And then before you check out, there's going to be a little field that says coupon code. Enter coupon code. Now here's what you want to pay attention to. Enter the coupon code productive insights, productive insights, just as it sounds, productive, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-V-E, insights, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S, productive insights, and hit enter. And then whatever the price of the book, it'll take it down to free, just minus the small shipping and handling charge. And we've got 50 of these coupon codes set up. So first come, first serve, go to ask formula.com, enter the coupon code, and we'll ship you a physical copy at my expense. And I'd be honored to do that really, Ash, as a way of saying thanks to you and to everyone here listening to this today. 
because it fits totally in line with what my mission in life is right now, which is to get this formula and as many people's hands as possible. So together we can change the way that business is conducted online and change it in a way for good. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for that incredibly kind and generous offer. And I'm honored to be able to share this with my audience. Now, if you prefer to get a soft copy of the book to read on your Kindle device via Amazon.com, you can go to the affiliate link that I will post in the show notes. So that brings us to the end of the interview. And I strongly encourage you to check out the book, Ask. I've read it myself. I've highlighted the important parts. I'm going to go back and read it again. It is one of the most powerful tools you can actually get access to right now. And you have an opportunity to get a hold of this book for free, provided you pay for the shipping costs. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you once again. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Ash, thank you so much. I super appreciate it as well. And likewise, I'm looking forward to talking again very soon. Take care. Bye, Take Ryan. care. Bye-bye. When you decide to take your business to the next level through good quality business coaching and actionable online strategies, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?